0: All right, and it says that we are live, and so with that, we're going to hit record also on this, and we're going to get started with the sit-up podcast. Welcome back, folks. In case you have not, uh, we have not had a sit-up podcast live in quite some time. Uh, we've got some, yes, it is a recording in progress. All right, so <laughs> we've. Uh, it's been a heck of a few weeks <laughs> for uh, Dr. Barber and I. We'll get into that maybe a little bit later on, but it's been a heck of a a few weeks for the nation. So uh, we're going to get into a lot today, giving a little bit of time for people to come in. Let me go ahead and get into the introduction, just in case you've never watched the Sit-Up podcast uh, or if you listen to it on all the major platforms for podcasts. Uh, sit up stands for sports, innovation, theology, the U stands for the ugly of this world, all the injustices. And of course the P is you, that's the public discourse. We always want to hear from you, no matter what we're talking about, uh, here. And of course you're here because you probably heard of the main man, the host of the sit up podcast, uh, Dr. Leroy Barber. How are you doing today, sir? I am brother. I am
1: doing okay. Um, after a stint. Of of sickness, uh, the last couple weeks, I'm I'm getting my energy back here, so I, I I didn't have COVID, but I was pretty sick, and so I'm glad to be, I'm glad to be back, and I know you too, brother, have been wrestling with
0: yeah, I can't, and and then and then the residuals yeah. of that, so yeah, oh uh, yeah, I'm not blessed to be able to say I didn't have, it. <laughs> I got it, and it's you know it's it's prevalent and it's real out there, y'all, like every you know everyone has home tests and i say still take your home tests in fact uh, little known fact that people don't know right now is that the administration is giving out eight tests right now and there's a third round so if you go to your local uh go to the u.s uh website the mailbox website they're going to send you out eight tests it used to be just four so um yeah that's eight tests per per adult in the house i believe it is so get your tests, but because so many people are testing at home um, these numbers are running rapid, but it, a lot of it's not reported. So let's be real careful, real careful out there. But yes, I've made a really good recovery thanks to uh, the doctors uh, and family and friends and all kinds of different things that have got me feeling a lot better. And so we're here giving you a show. And unfortunately, today's show is not going to be all that lighthearted. We're going to talk a little bit about sports. We're going to get into uh, Nick Saban and Brittany Griner and, and some equal pay issues and a lot of the, the serious things going on with the sports so we're gonna get into the s of some things later on but first and foremost we're going to talk about uh the tragedy um and, and and it's such a serious tragedy that that took place in Buffalo it's one that we cannot dismiss um we cannot just let a new cycle go by and say yeah you know I didn't catch on to that one these are names. These are people, these are lives that have been changed. A community has been changed by hatred and it is up to us to continue to love and respect and show that community uh, and and lift that community up in the healing process. So that's what me and Dr. Barber and you because uh, sit up is about you participating. That's what we plan to do today as we have a discussion about what took place uh, up in Buffalo, New York. So I'm gonna gonna go ahead and turn it over to you, uh, Leroy so as we as we get started today
1: um, you know we have started a tradition um, that i think is uh, is helpful in this tradition of, of saying their names um, uh to keep humanity of folks um and so i want to um start with um us uh giving a moment Um, and saying the names of the 10 folks who were murdered uh, in Buffalo um, this past week. Um, And so uh, we wanna say their names and their ages. Roberta Drury of Buffalo, New York, age 32. Margus Morrison of Buffalo, age 52. Andre McNeil of Auburn, New York, age 53. Aaron Sok- Salter of Lockport, New York, 55. Geraldine Talley, Buffalo, 62. Celestine Cheney of Buffalo, age 65. Hayward Patterson of Buffalo, age 67. Catherine Massey of Buffalo, age 72. Pearl Young of Buffalo, age 77 and Ruth Whitfield of Buffalo, age 86. There were some folks who were injured um, as well, Zaire Goodman, age 20, Jennifer Warrington, age 50, and Christopher Braden, uh, age 55. Uh, These folks were out shopping uh, in their neighborhood uh, and uh, were their lives were brutally taken and their families affected for the rest of their lives. And so we wanted to start by just by saying their names and offering a moment of silence and prayers for these families. Well Uh, Thank y'all. And thanks brother, for the space to do that. So we probably need to dive into um, some of the underlying themes of this.
0: Yeah. And you know, anytime a tragedy of this nature happens, it's not, it's easy to say the word hate. We know hatred was, was at the core of it, but there's some specifics on how hatred filters its way through the community and how it filters its way Uh, into a situation like this and what you know there's a lot of different points we want to kind of talk about one of the main points that we want to get into uh, we want to get into is anti-blackness as being part of one of the causes here Um, but we want to we're going to start talking about being aware of the deliberate attacks that take place Um, you can read any article about what took place in Buffalo and you can compare it with other attacks that have happened in our nation that were similar. And uh, you can just, as you compare the notes, it all comes back down to some of these things. And there's a lot of deliberate attacks that take place. And there's dog whistles. There's a lot of different things that if we're paying close attention, we get a chance to, I mean, like, we see that this is something that's happening. This is real. That fear uh, that takes place, uh, that causes these types of things are real. So one of the things that uh, was thrown out right away that I wanna, uh, that I wanna talk about is th- the term replacement theory started to mm-hmm. become commonplace discussion. And a lot of us may begin to just ask, well, what is that? You know, how to, where did this come from? What is, is this something new? Mm-hmm. And so I wanna ask you that, like where, you know, what do you know about uh, replacement theory? So there's some different
1: things out there, but we know um, that supremacists are uh, locking into this theory of, of them being replaced by black people, right. Um, And these kind of ideas of Jewish people bringing in and uh, giving positions and power to black people to overtake white people, right. Uh, And, uh, and the fear around all of that right that that black people and people of color are going to replace white people and uh, and 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 using that as a, a basis for. Um, for things for like what happened in buffalo this past week for a young man to drive 200 miles scope out. Uh, this store over and over again people saw him in there scoping it out um, and and then to proceed to murder uh, 10 black folks and injure uh, some others um, d- yeah. what I what you know you know what I what I what I, what I, what I drew what I what I want what I want to push here is folks need to get um, real about the deliberate, Plans to destroy black people. Look, deliberate plans to destroy black people. They are deliberate. They are planned out. They are. They are. They are uh, uh, being being uh, looked into. This dude scoped out a, a specific black neighborhood on purpose. He put his plans out on the web. People were looking in. He live streamed it, all the things, and folks watched.
0: Yeah, one of the things that, uh, one of the newer things that have come up in the news, or two things I want to bring up, Uh, one is that if there was was footage of him actually apologizing uh, for scaring a white person who was there, he turned his gun to a white person who was on the ground. They screamed, and he said, oh, sorry and then proceeded to go and kill more black people. So there's a deliberate, there wasn't, and I say that, I bring that up to dismiss the mental health factor, which we are doing a disjust, like an injustice to everyone who has suffered from any form of mental illness period by throwing us into that category. Uh, This person was fully aware of what they were doing and very intentional, so intentional and these are the people who need to be called out also uh, as an extension of what's going on is he went on discord and up to 20 i believe it was 15 to 20 individuals joined the discord uh knew what was happening and joined and watched in on the live stream those exactly. people are those people are just as guilty that's so, a tra- that's a training exactly. session
1: exactly and 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 we have got to stop this i like like this kind of gentle kind of walking around issue a little bit softening it so that it doesn't sound as tragic as it actually is it's tragic people are trying to destroy black people specifically people are trying to destroy and so um while i am all for the conversations and what we need to talk about about anti-racism we need to be talking about anti-blackness we need to be talking about the phenomenon in the world that is anti blackness. That is, the darker your skin anywhere in the world, the more you are discriminated against. Anywhere in the world. Right? And, 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 yeah, Michelle throws in here like, absolutely, like mocking the fact that we keep, like, like you're harping on this, you're making this an issue. How, how so? We can, we, can keep, we can name names and keep a list of names, right? Of Mike Brown and Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and Sandra Bland. Like, we can run down lists of people, right? Charlottesville, non folks in the church. Like, we can just keep going on and on and on. This is deliberate, y'all. Stop acting like this is not deliberate. It is deliberate. The other piece, the other piece, and uh, uh, Drew, you and some other folks participated in this, y'all, this past week was primary elections. You need to see and understand the movement of getting uh, folks who follow the 45th president, And still follow the 45th president and are trying to get elected so that when the election comes in 2024, it's going to go however they want it to go. They want to purge voter rolls. They want to uh, uh, control voting booths. They want to, like, if it calls for cheating that day, they want to be ready. They want to have folks in place and they are going about it. And yeah. if you think this isn't against Black people, there's something wrong with you. Well, it, it, right. when th- I'm sorry, I, I can't. I, I, we got to stop being nice about this.
0: As this ties in, uh, you know, this is all a form of a in, voter intimidation. Uh, when you know that when large uh, people of color, like large collections of people gather, that you could be shot, you know, it stops you from maybe going out or or putting fear out there in the atmosphere that is some sort of... Uh, you know, race war, something of that nature that would that would probably just cause a little bit of fear. So we have to be very intentional about this. Um, when it comes to like, I want to go back to a question about uh, replacement theory and um, a discussion I want to have a discussion about. You know, now, I've I've heard you kind of talk in, in different uh, times where you you've given statistics where it's true that numbers are changing and in the world is becoming more diverse. Do you yeah. think that that reality is being mixed in with this, this idea of we're being replaced as far oh. as just we are evolving? Absolutely, absolutely.
1: I wanna correct something. Uh, Michelle Michelle was making a point that the killer himself was mocking black causes, right? So, so that mockery um, was there. But yes, absolutely man, that um, the numbers are showing, right, that white people won't be the majority, right, and, and so you got, you got these supremacist movements that are playing on that fear, right, that, that, that white people will not be the majority, and therefore you need, you need to do something about this, right, and so literally, literally supremacists are going out to kill and get rid of black people, get black people in jail. However, we need to do this in their minds, so that so that we can we can fend, we can stop this from happening. Literally, people are thinking and working against that. Right. So so we need we need to think about that. The other piece, the other piece is the fear. Is based in their own realities, right? Their own narratives. So what, what, what people believe is, if, if, if white people aren't the majority, here's the thing: black people and people of color are going to treat them the same way they treat us, right? <laughs> That's the like. Here's the fear that you're going to be just like us. You're going to lock us out of. Uh, of jobs, you're going to lock us out of education, you're going to block our housing, you're going to limit our health care, you're going to squash our culture, you're going to not let us wear our hair how we want to be. Like, they think that we are going to do all of that same stuff to them. That's what they think, right? Yeah. And, and nothing is further, nothing historically points to that. Our ancestors did not respond that our ancestors moved to become free in a nonviolent way, underground railroads, right? Uh, and subversive ways in which to get people to freedom, right? That didn't, uh, that didn't, for the most part, include killing white folks. Now, there were some people that did. But for the most part, those plans had nothing to do with treating white people the way they were treating us. But that's their freedom that we're like like they won't be the majority and people are going to be just as disgusting and evil as they have been to us that's their fear and look look look, look. you know you y'all know you y'all know y'all know I'm a preacher right this is actually this is actually an old old story if you go to exodus 1 and you look at uh, this pharaoh's fear his fear was based in there are getting to be too many of these Hebrew people. And so what is, we got to deal shrewdly with them because if something goes down and they join with other people, then we're done. See, that is that is an old, old story. The fear is... That black folks and native folks, right, and Asian folks and Latino folks and all, like all, like that, they're at some point are going to outnumber and join together and get rid of and get rid of white folks.
0: That's that's an old old story. That's good stuff right there. But we guess-
1: got. But but history does not speak to that. The yeah. largest civil rights movement in the world was nonviolent. Some of the things that moved the world significantly, Gandhi, King, were nonviolent movements. They weren't the way white people did it, right? So, so that narrative, this, this thing of like painting the narrative that black people act the same as white folks, right? right you we we' going through that in some of our work right now, right like the narrative this narrative for these white folks being put on being put on us like we're we're doing and acting the same way when we're not right so 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 resist that my friends like resist that narrative that you're going to treat these folks the same disgusting way that they have treated you we're not we're, we don't operate like. We ain't, that, we ain't that kind of people. Our, our ancestors have put in our DNA and in our spirits and in who we are, that we are going to be a people that, that move and behave differently in this world. And we are going to show what it really means to be human. They want to say we're not human, but we're showing the world what it means to be human. And what it means to be human is that I am going to find a way to be free, to be me, to be myself, to be liberated, to be unassimilated without killing you. I can do, I can do both of those things.
0: Well, it goes back to one of our first episodes. It just shows why they took Exodus out of that slave Bible, huh? So- Absolutely. We're going to along the same lines. I want to keep the same discussion going about anti-blackness, but I want to implement a little bit of sports, and it's on it's on target where Nick Saban calls out Deion Sanders supposedly for saying he's provided opportunities for his for his recruits to get more money, and he he calls it out as a criticism, um, but Deion Sanders responds and basically says, hey this is just a dog whistle you're Mm -hmm. just trying to get more money from your you know from yeah yeah. from from all of your people and you know now this is a bigger a bigger issue what Deion sanders has done is he's brought athletes former athletes and they're becoming coaches at historically black colleges uh black young black athletes are choosing to go to historically black colleges and what Nick Saban's saying and doing by throwing lies out there and creating these uh, these lies is trying to stop a movement, as well as pad his own pocket as well. Uh, what's your thoughts on 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 when you see something like this?
1: You know, you know, it's the same narrative, really, bro. It's like it's the same narrative. So, a wealthy seventy-year-old coach in one of the top programs in in college football who has been paid millions upon millions of dollars on the backs of black athletes right millions upon millions of dollars in salary and shoe contracts and all kinds of other things complains about like no longer being the being like the one at the top of that of that, whatever, that, that, uh, that pyramid. And doesn't like the fact that here you got a black coach saying, Hey, the way into this is we're going to put more black coaches in play. We're going to put more, more people of color in play to be in positions to influence and teach and train and get resource to black communities and families. Let alone, Nick Saban is seventy. How many black athletes had to go through that program and starve to get through it? Families at home starving. They couldn't get do a job. They couldn't make. They couldn't get a paycheck. They had to work. Couldn't do. Couldn't take a a a job in a summer. It, all these rules to keep those black athletes under control for decade upon decade upon decade it's you the know, same thing man they he is afraid that too many deon sanders right will will overtake what college football is and they again will treat the white athletes and the white coaches, the way they have treated the black coaches. That's what they're afraid of. That's what they're afraid of, man.
0: So when I think about this, this is what like, so when I look at what's going on in the with, with, with these HBCUs getting, you know, talented athletes and coaches, um, this is what pro blackness looks like. And then, What Nick Saban does is what anti-blackness looks like. So like that, the the person who's watching it at at, at work, these are the things to look for. Like, you know that when something appears to be pro-black, you're going to see something that's going to be anti-black that's going to show up next. It's going to show up right away. What is, what's the, how do you kind of, you got to keep fighting because it's an intent, like you always taught me that. You've always said that. I've heard you say you got to keep fighting. What does this look like? What does it look like to keep fighting in the face of a system with it. Nick Saban got tons of people to come to the press conference. Deion Sanders had to go live. You know, it was on a Facebook live and, and we spread the word, you know, but like, what is, what does it look like in this realm to keep fighting? So, you know, one of the things is we
1: cannot lose touch. We can't lose touch with who we are. Um, you know, uh, uh, I've been listening to uh, my friend uh, Tisby, right? Jamal Tisby, right? And he, he has a line that's pretty powerful where he says to be black in America, right? Lives, it, it, it forces you to live against the highest American values, right? the values of individualism, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, all those kinds of things is antithetical to how how we think and live and move in the world as black people and people of color, right? Like we move in community, we move together, right? We move like historically things like the Underground Rover were put together by a coal of people thinking about one another, right? Uh, uh, what it means to be a neighbor, all these kinds of things. They're, like, like hold on to those values. Don't forget those things. Those things are what keep us alive, literally. And we cannot forget. That is that's how the fight, that's how the fight keeps going. And that's for many communities of color. I want like, like if you can, uh, I have some friends who, who do a lot of work around anti-blackness and uh, uh, Dr. Smith, Dr. Andrew Smith and Dr. Sun Chan Ra and some other folks, right? And uh, they, you know, they, 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 they've studied and put out like anti-blackness is a foundation for all discrimination, right? Um, There's there's two pieces of that foundation. It is the genocide, right? Of of indigenous folks in this country and anti-blackness. Those two things hold a foundation that we can get rid of the people who are already here and who are stewards of the land, get rid of them, make our make us the stewards of the land, and then have a group of people that we can consistently dehumanize and use as slave labor throughout throughout time. That's that those two things are the foundation: genocide and anti-black, the, the foundation of all discrimination.
0: I wanna I wanna throw some at you, a little bit of a curveball. We didn't talk about this ahead of time. So But I want you to kind of explain to me and walk through, when we see certain injustices uh, toward women, let's just say this recent Roe v. Wade issue uh, that's come up, when we see this, where do we see anti-Blackness in in a situation like this uh, with this possibly being overturned?
1: Well, it is the foundation of dehumanization, right? it is the foundation of not making your own decisions for your own self take that away right put that under somebody else's control right that's what we see happening here right women you cannot have your own control we we will dictate what what like what right and wrong is and let you know and then you will follow suit it's the foundation, right? Same thing. Slaves, you will not have your own say, we own you. We will tell you how to move and behave and uh, what is right culturally in the world. That foundation leads to this this, this, uh, this playing out this way for women. We will tell you who, what you can and can't do culturally and with your own selves. Because we want to, uh, we want to control, and we want to tell you how to be- how to behave. We want to tell you what culture is acceptable and what is
0: not. Right? Yeah. Well, so along along some of those same lines, we're going to kind of shift it. Continue to shift it. Uh, Brittany Griner has been. Um, She's been held illegally as the United States is now uh, deeming it uh, for the past. It's been a few months now. And there's been a lot of different things that initially when she was detained, uh, we were to be quiet because we did not. uh, The the theory was that we can't allow her to be used as some sort of bargaining chip in the middle of a war that was taking place uh, with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, Since then, since... uh, Um, a a former military uh, gentleman, uh, Reed, I can't remember what his rank is. I don't want to say the wrong rank. But since he's uh, been released, the narrative has changed. The U.S. has has now declared that she's illegally detained. Um, There's been weeks at a time where there was no, where she had, there was no access. They announced just yesterday that the U.S. consulate was able to have uh, access to her a couple of times this week. The details of the story have been that she was detained because she had a, uh, vape pen that had, uh, THC found in it. So basically, uh, that's illegal there. Mm-hmm. It can carry up to a 10 year punishment. Uh, it's important. This is a very close issue to me. I don't, if you ever, if you follow me on social media, you'll see that I try to post Every single day, if I find a news story about it, it's uh, it, it's we have to continue to call for her uh, to be brought home. This is a political issue. This is a deeper, it, there's multiple issues that we want to unpack with this. My, my point of view on this is real simple. And it's always going to be simple on this. She is a queer Black woman. She needs to come home. This is a country... I'm sorry? No, I said absolutely. Period, point blank. We need to protect her if nothing but for those reasons. So when you talk about how people may view what's the least of these in society or, you know, we need to protect her. She needs to be home. Period, point blank. This is a Black woman. This is a woman who identifies within the LGBTQIA spectrum, and she's not going to necessarily be treated fairly. And so we need to protect her regardless of what the possible sin could be or what she did or you know there's a uh you know i've heard people say well there's a she she did the crime she's got to do the time no we need to bring her home uh, you know
1: you know i i i uh I, I i uh i put out i don't know i guess a week or so ago um just a comparison right of uh if you if if you if you if you swap this right if you change the variables here and you make Britney Griner a straight 25 year old white woman right mm-hmm. being detained in Russia illegally this is this is a completely different deal one we would have heard about it on the news like consistently yeah, there would have been there would have been outrage right we would have heard from congress we would have heard from parents we would have heard from white moms groups we would have, like this would be a complete complete deluge through the media right instead we're having to build it within our own ranks which we do right with black folks and saying "Let's we need we we need to get this woman it took 85 days and then another 30 day sentence before they even look at this thing
0: yeah
1: and you know what people folks told me you know what folks start saying to me well you have to be careful because it's in the middle of the Ukraine war. I'm like, you you are you you're you're not you're not grasping the point here. It wouldn't matter if what war we were in if this was a straight white woman. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't matter what was going on in the world. And so, some, 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 somebody's some, my dude is like, how can you just reduce this to race? Dude, I actually, I actually, I, that comment is so far off target and kilt. Like, like what, what do you even mean in today's world when you say, how how can we reduce the Brittany Griner situation <laughs> to race? It, it, like what? How yeah. do you, I, anybody out there, anybody out there listening? What what does that even mean? I don't even know what that even means.
0: It's an evolution of the conversation. It's not a reduction. Like you, when you when you implement the truth into a conversation, it enhances it. So, yeah, it's about race. So we've got to talk about it from from that factor in order to bring some validity to the conversation. So we're not just talking just to be talking about, you know, some hot button subject. That's what makes it real when we talk about the real facts that surround the case, not what we're fed, but what we can see with our own eyes. Uh, There's a deeper. What does
1: the statement mean? I mean, seriously, help me. What does the statement mean? reduce it to just race in today's world. We just saw a young man like like, drive 200 miles, scope out and kill Black people on purpose. We have a list of names of people that uh, have been discriminated against. What? What does that even mean? What does it mean? I don't. I do not. I can't. I literally, bro, can't wrap my head around. Right. And, and, and we 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 got we got Michelle out there who who uh, like what? What does that mean? I don't know. I can't,
0: bro. I seriously. God, I have no help so, for you. Yeah, I have no help for you in that one. I, what? It, yeah, no, I, I don't understand a, a statement of that nature, but that is, a like, those are signs when you hear a conversation from an individual like that, those are your Nick Sabans, those are your, your people of the world that you got to be very careful about um, uh, when they can't, when they can't see it, you know, when they can't see uh, how clear of an issue this is, you know, without us even having to use our imaginations, I know that um, we don't want to cross too much of a line because there are reasons that Trevor uh, Reed was detained, but the concept of how the narrative shifted from a U.S. standpoint, once they were able to secure the asset that they were more interested in. Trevor Reed got home, then the then all of a sudden, oh, Britney's illegally detained. But before the U.S. said, shh, don't make a big deal about Britney, they got the straight white male home.
1: Well, so Michelle in the, in the chat is like, putting it down to basic brass, brass tacks. She's like, it is saying that she doesn't matter to America, right? No, like, yeah, that, no. And it, that black it, women live with that every day. Every like, single day. You don't can... matter. This flat out plain simple, which which actually <laughs> is a really good point because it goes back to this whole thing of like there's deliberate plans to destroy Black people, right? Mm-hmm. It It goes with that, right? Like, look, we got to accept the fact and thanks for, for throwing this in like you don't matter like you like to the american system you do not matter that doesn't mean to ourselves like we 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 like we know yeah. who we are we know what we bring but to the system you don't, you don't matter and that's a hard, that's
0: that's a- well well so I want to i want to move move part of the conversation a little bit to, to prove that point of the question of why was Brittany there in the first place is a furthering proof of a lack of mattering. And that's a thing of what does she get paid in the U.S. to do what she does? And you look at that, how she's decorated. You take a look at a person who's a two-time Olympian, a person who's an NCAA champion, who's a champion within the WNBA, whose max pay can only go out to be 250000 She has to play in Russia. In order to live, because she can't walk down the street like everyone else. So she has to, she has a certain lifestyle she has to live. And so therefore, she has to go to several different countries and play ball in order to get not what's equal pay, surviving pay. So what we have is this issue right now where we have WNBA rookies who are coming out of college with their degrees and they're making $30,000. Now, can you picture making $30,000 and you're drafted to LA or New York? What are you going to rent something there? Right. You know, so it's this 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 idea of we are showing them how much we care about them when they're here. And so Brittany knew the risk, but she also was taking a look at America and what do I got here? And she's got to take a risk of that nature. Every last thing, one of those players knew the risk before they went to Russia. And uh, and she's not the only one. There's like several that barely got out that hardly got out before the war started. And some, you know, openly talked about it on their Twitter. I think like John Quell Jones, a few other ones were like, yeah, it wasn't, but you've got to take the risk. True. They have, they have a bigger contract there. Hit it.
1: You, you, you hit it. The basis, again, is swinging back to the histor- like all of this historic injustice, right? That, that these, these, this idea of equal pay for women and especially black women and especially athlete uh women that are athletes right like they don't get paid equally they don't like they aren't treated the same we got you know you know <laughs> there is a chance that James Harden will get paid hundred and fifty million dollars right now I'm a Philly fan so this hurts to say in one regard but this dude is going to get paid a max contract, two hundred and fifty million dollars, and he stank up, didn't play literally for two playoff
0: games. He's getting paid that money because because he's a male, and,
1: exactly. And I'm saying, yeah, you you're hitting it on the head, like like the injustice we got to go is dr king's like you got to go upstream right you got to go upstream and figure out what what happened to make this Brittany Griner deal happen and when you go upstream you go oh she's got to be in russia to make a living
0: mm-hmm.
1: right yeah she's got yeah. to be there to make a living so that she can carry out playing in the WNBA
0: nba during the season well and, and, you know, so, yes. yeah, Liz Cambage has a OnlyFans. When she was asked about it, she said, I don't make, you know, she was like, I only make 2% of what, you know, what, what NBA athletes are making. She was like, so how I make my money is my business. Leave me alone. This is, this is where it's at. She's making more money on the internet, selling her sexuality than she makes as an NBA player. the this is this is a sad harsh reality that we live in that even when they get contracts in other countries sometimes you know like you you read the stories of them saying like well they are facing anti-blackness there they're facing racism there isolation and all these other different things but they have to make a living wage these are athletes but like you know like you've said this is much larger than, yeah. an a, than an af, you know, than an athlete, uh, you know, an athlete. Yeah, it's still a big problem in our country. And I know I know educated women who work two jobs. Like I know a woman right now who has a who has a degree, works a degree position, and then goes and works. As long as I've known her, she's always worked, she's gotten off work, off her corporate job, and worked a retail job. Because she doesn't make enough. And I remember one of the saddest days in my life when I realized that I a high school dropout worked in a degree position, and I made about twelve thousand dollars more than my coworker, who had a bachelor's degree specific to our field of work. Man, yeah,
1: bro. But we're so, not
0: supposed to tell each other that. We're not right, supposed to.
1: Right, right, right. We're supposed we 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 supposed to just handle that. Well, man, um, we're probably getting close to our, our
0: wrap up time. Is there are there any final? Uh, that we should yeah yeah you know I think we've talked about everything you know as I, I think my final piece on this is uh, the Brittany Griner situation is one that I, I think what makes me care is the raw just the just the facts of who she is we have to do better Even if it's do whatever you can, we have to do better when it comes to protecting black women in just every way, shape, form, or fashion. And for me personally, you know, I feel even deeper that we have to especially protect queer black women. You know, like you gotta do that with your heart, with your like you have to do that with a sacrifice that says, I'll lay down my life we've got to go a step further and do, and just find a way to protect and do more because these are valuable people. Uh, These are people who are worthy of love. These are humans. They just, they deserve it. They have been the backbone. They deserve to not just be protected, but to be elevated to the position in which they deserve in this world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, man, that's a good, good thing to end on because I'm uh I'm I'm I I've, I've been trying to do some work and I'm in a group right now um and you know when you say hey we got to do better um around our 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 black women especially our queer black women like a big part of that that I'm, I'm learning is like I got to do better I got it like me like Leroy Barber is part of the problem yeah you know, I got to get in I've got to get that handle. I've got to get in touch with that. I've got to do the work around um, what male privilege looks like, and how I um, I've got to dismantle that within myself. All right. So, um, so I appreciate you closing on that, man. And and because with all that's going on in the world, um, if we don't do our if we don't do our own internal work, then we're 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 in some ways perpetuating some of the stuff that's happening in this system. Yeah. And, and and I don't want to be a participant. I want to I wanna do my I want to do my work so that I'm not um so that I'm I'm not in some small way helping it along. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that doesn't that doesn't take away like what's happening with black people, right? And our needing to to get to to mount um To mount fights against the violence in our communities, to make sure we uh, we we work against all the historical injustices, to make sure we uh, understand the political ramifications around voting and with all these deliberate things that are happening um, to get rid of us in this world. So, um, on top of that, we've got to do
0: we've got we've got to
1: conquer patriarchy. So. Appreciate
0: yeah. you, bro. Appreciate, um, yeah, man. Appreciate you too. Let me let me do one one quick business, uh, just you know, cleaning. There are new issue, uh new episodes of the Up podcasts are gonna be coming your way. Some innovators we've spoken to over the past uh one of the past conferences we we recently got a chance to attend. So be looking forward to that. If you want to share this, please share it here on Facebook, but also uh, be on the lookout on the Sit Up Facebook page. We will have the anchor, which is the uh, podcast version of this very discussion that we had today, so that you can share it with friends. And uh, the main thing is share it with a white friend. You know, that's the main thing we really want you to do. But yeah, I just want to let you know that there are brand new episodes of the Sit Up podcast that will be coming your way over the next couple of weeks.
1: All right. Thanks, man. This I'm Leroy Barber. This is our producer, Andrew Morgan. This is the sit up podcast. Thanks for your time. Let's begin.